Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I'm Leticia Latino, your host, and if you don't know that by now, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> My guest today is Liana Linsky. She's a comedian and actress who has the vision of making the world a better place through shared laughter. That is the reason why three years ago she founded Plausible as a way to connecting comedians and fans. Hello, Liana. How are you doing? Hello, I am good. Thank you. And I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Yep, it's Leanne. Leanne, there you go. Yeah. Well, you know, anytime you have somebody on the show, which <laughs> has been never, by the way, that is a, well, I've had <laughs> another comedian now that I think, but anybody that has a mission to make a world a uh, place where people laugh more is welcome at Back to Basics. So I'm very, very happy to have you here. And uh, why don't we start with the origin story and uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your young years and uh, were you always so cheery and, and dreaming about becoming a comedian? Yeah, so I wasn't. I wasn't okay. always thinking of that. I grew up in a very funny family. My mm -hmm. brothers, my parents are very hilarious and very quick-witted. But it wasn't until later in life than someone I worked with suggested I get into comedy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? And I ended up, after that person had suggested it to me, like that same week, I saw an ad in the paper for the Second City Training Center. And I was like, well, that's odd that it came up, you know, two or three times in one week. And, and I called and I signed up for classes. And so I began doing that. And once I had my first class, I was like, oh, I am so continuing on on this path. And how old were you at this point when you did that? I was, believe it or not, I believe 31, 32. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that's, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Like I always, and that's why I always try to kind of connect the dots backwards into, was this something you were passionate about growing up? So you were 31. And at that point, what was the career you chose? What, what did you think was your calling when you were younger? So when I was younger, when I was real young, I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to be the president of the United States. Okay. Okay. I can <laughs> so, see many people that relating to those goals. <laughs> um, and, and it was so funny because when I would tell my family that they're like, don't think you want to do that. I don't think you want to. I don't think you would want all of those people picking you apart. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I was like, why would you encourage me to, you know, be the president? But <laughs> it, it all worked out, I think, for the better. So you're welcome, everybody. Yes, I didn't yes. pursue that path. <laughs> but I went to college after high school. I went to college and I studied business mm -hmm. and I ended up getting a job doing bookkeeping and accounting. And then I worked for a home builder for nearly 13 years, and I thought that would be my career. I loved the the jobs. I, I had several roles within the company over the years as I progressed, and I just loved the people that I worked with. I was passionate about what I was doing. And then it was there that they suggested that I get into comedy. And 
so I did comedy nights and weekends and I started pursuing it as, you know, my side thing that I just love to do, but I also had a job that I loved. So then my friends in comedy were, you know, said, well, you know, would you ever move to New York? And I said, well, if I didn't have this job that I loved. Mm -hmm. And then eventually that job I didn't have anymore. And one of my friends from that I had studied comedy with in New York on vacations and things like Mm -hmm. that, he called one day and he says, hey, I am going to move to New York. And I found a sublet. Are you interested? And I'm like, well, I'd have to think about it. He said, you have one hour. Oh my God. I said, okay, I'll call you back in one hour. So I was at work that day. So I took a break and walked around the building and I thought, well, you know, I always said I would do this. And now someone's calling me out. Like, would I really do that? And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, all right. So I packed up two suitcases a month later and moved to New York City. Wow. Wow. wow, wow. Well, there's several things about uh, your story that I love. One is that other people that you work with, well, you like your job. So I think a lot of people can relate to that. And I know that a lot of people out there in my audience, they like what they're doing. It's not like they're unhappy. It's not like I hate my job. Yeah, sure. There's some of those, but for the most part, you know, yeah, their people are okay and comfortable in their own jobs. And then people that work with you highlighted one of your talents that probably either you knew you knew was there, but you weren't paying too much attention or they brought it to the front for you and you were open enough to say, hmm, let me explore that. If these people are seeing this, maybe there's something. And I know there's a lot of us out there that we get told you're good at this, you're good at that. And we kind of don't take it seriously. And, and, and if we realize there's things that people see about us, that are, you know, are super talent and we don't take it seriously. We're being be missing a big, big mark, which is you start, you enroll on it and decided, oh, I love this. Yes. Yeah. I was really fortunate too, because in the job that I had that I love so much, I, I had several roles starting with accounting. I did market research. I then went out into the field and worked in construction and ended up you know, doing customer service and warranty service for homes and managing a team of people. But I also learned how to be a back-end superintendent, drywall to finish, like all of this stuff, right? And, but during this whole time at working for this company, I was in charge of, of putting on all of our quarterly meetings and our big events and public speaking and all of this. And then, you know, in my later years at the company, they developed a position for me taking the skill set, like I had this really strange (laughs) background Mm -hmm. and things that I did and being in various departments. But, and I had always put together all these large events for our company and our company was, you know, we were a fortune 500 company and our market, we were merging with another corporation. And so they said, we really need a person who could be a manager of cultural development. And develop the, you know, you have a real good handle on the company culture and embody that. And we want to make sure that when we on we were going through, you know, home building was booming and we were hiring so many people every month. And me and another coworker created a 90-day training program that rolled out nationally. And we we just, I was constantly in front of people talking and I loved it. And I would try and make it fun and humorous and enjoyable because I one, it was easy because I was. I loved what I was doing. And two, it just was something that I kind of grew up with in my family that they, people were funny. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how we coped with, <laughs> with everything. Um, 
and I was really fortunate. So it just kind of transitioned and became this thing. So it wasn't, it kind of evolved. And the more public speaking I did at work, that's when people started to approach me and say, hey, you know, you do this and and take it somewhere. So I was really lucky. I had people who were so supportive. That's great. But it's also you maybe, you know, like you have a lot of credit because then you get the call, you start getting involved, which I always say too, when you like something and you start surrounding yourself with people with that same passion. Like, yes. as I say, I'm not a professional podcaster. Don't mm-hmm. make money out of these podcasts. I'm in a totally different industry, but I do have my tribe that is podcasters. And yeah. when we exchange thoughts, hey, what are you doing with this? What are you doing with that? Like we compare notes, you really start breathing a lot of, of that world. And so because you did that, then, you know, your friend calls you and says, you know, you have an hour to make a decision. And that that was yes. the second thing I was going to say that I love about your story is you pinpoint that moment of truth that I yeah. think a lot of people like I, I used to have date somebody that said I'm a surfer and uh, he loved to surf, but he lived in Florida. And I saw at least three opportunities, you know, to move to California. Mind you, wouldn't have been good for a relationship. We broke up anyway, but like he let pass some opportunities that meant he would be surfing. <laughs> he would be like in the mecca of surfing. And I told him, like, you might not like surfing as much as you think you do, because when you get presented with a great opportunity, you something is resisting. Something is, you know, not making you do it. So I love the fact that you kind of, you know, took the leap and say, I'm going to move to New York. And, and that that has a lot of credit. Yeah, it's, you know, and it's so funny because then once I got into New York about a year later, I'm like, had I known all the things that came <laughs> with this, would I have said yes? But sometimes I think the, for me, it's, you know, b- being able to say yes to opportunity. 80% of success is showing up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I found that when I was in New York, I remember I met this person and she's, I went to a workshop. It was for actors. And she had said, you know, First of all, how many people do you think are on our email list? And people were guessing. She's like 200,000. It was some ridiculous number, right? And she said, how many people do you think opened the email to invite them here to this free event today? And then she gave that number. And, you know, of course, it was way less than 200,000. And then she says, and how many people do you think actually responded in RSVP and said they would come? Right. And then she goes, now look around the room and see how many people out of 200,000 people that had the same opportunity showed up. Mm, That's powerful. Yeah. And that really stuck with me because I thought of auditions and, you know, stage opportunities and job opportunities and, you know, meeting people like I feel so grateful for when I actually showed up. There are times where I, you know, I don't want to leave the house. I get it. But just showing up makes such a difference in life, you know, and then th- th- that's all of it. And and so many people think, oh, I, I, I hear a lot of, you know, people over the years saying, oh, I would love to do that. Well, sometimes just making taking that one simple action of being there and being somewhere where you can have that opportunity and walking through that door and then the rest kind of takes care of itself. Absolutely. And and let me ask you something because, and that's why I love your story because it's very clear as to the steps. And most people say, I could not say that because I had a job and I have to pay the bills. I'm sure that when you had to do that transition, you went through the same kind of thing. Well, I've been with this company for so long. 
the job is there. I'm good at what I'm doing. If I take this leap, I probably cannot pay my bills. Did that ever come into play? Oh, yeah. But my job made it easy. They laid me off. Well, so. yeah, they, well they say when the universe <laughs> wants you to act, then... The, That's right. That the universe... Yes. Yes, exactly. Sorry. The universe does for us what we can't do for ourselves. Exactly. And, you know, honestly, it was inevitable because we know what happened to the home building market. I mean, it was happening. We saw it coming early. And I'm so grateful because they did do something that I would have been too fearful to do for myself. I would never have left. I was comfortable. There is something about being comfortable, you know, that that feels good. And they gave me enough leeway. You know, they told me in advance. I I mean, we knew what was happening to the marketplace, but I was also fortunate because I was one of the ones who left earlier on. So I had, I had time, which a lot of people later didn't. I had nice big going away party. Mm -hmm. I, you know, had, I could kind of plan my transition a little bit Mm -hmm. more than maybe some other people had, you know, didn't have that, that luxury later. So, and, and I'm still friends with all of those people. Like, yeah, I I mean, that those are just lifelong friends. So it wasn't like if I left, I would never see them again. And, and I've just felt so, so supported in the whole process. In fact, they even paid for part of my classes after I left, you know, like they all chipped in and like, they took care of me and it was, it was very nice. It was, it was sad, but it was also exciting to have this new opportunity. And so it's just kind of worked out in a weird way. Cause I always said, if I didn't have this, you know, so I kind of used that as my, well, I'll always yes. have that. And all yes. of a sudden it's gone. It's like, oh no, okay. now I have to do it. But yeah, but you know that the, the interesting thing is what you just said, it validates it now all this guests that I've been honored to have. It's that it always works out in some weird way. Like that is a common thread of every single interview, even of super successful people that maybe didn't struggle and they were, you know, they come from a wealthy family, but then they struggle with discovering the real passion yes. uh, and so and the opposite. But they, it's always like, oh, well, in a weird way it happened. And, and it's so, so it's th- that abandonment to trusting, you know, what's, yes. what's to come. I think it's essential to really untap in our biggest dreams. So true. And, and I believe that I have had such different jobs or careers over the years, but each one has somehow led me to what's next. Mm -hmm. So although it hasn't been a straight path, it's been kind of these winding roads that, you know, then they kind of merge back onto the main highway again. Mm. And then they, there's an off ramp and I go and take a detour, but it all ties together to what I'm doing now. Like everything I've done since then and before then has led me to where I am today. So it's kind of funny, like I couldn't have planned it. If you would have asked me five years ago where I would be today, I, it would not have been. (laughs) My life is like not a straight path. It is a spaghetti bowl thrown (laughs) against the wall, you know. But I think it's uh, most people one way or the other, we can relate. So, so let's talk a little bit about what's going on. I know you've been in movies, you're, you know, stand-up comedian, and you also have founded this incredible company called Plausible, which, you know, has a huge mission. So tell us a little bit about the exciting things you're working on right now. Sure. So I, so you're right. I was, I had, once I moved to New York, I immersed myself into acting and, and theater and 
comedy and stand-up. And I ran a mic for seven and a half years, an open mic. And then I started producing stand-up shows. So like my last year in New York, I did like 42 per shows I, I booked. Wow. And then I had also done my World Woman show and everything. And then I moved to the West Coast, right? Mm -hmm. And I got to the West Coast and I was in California and I found myself spending more time on the 405 than any stage. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is mm. nuts. What am I doing? You know, because in New York, I could go out and get a spot in an open mic. I could book, I could produce shows much easier. And I was producing some shows in California, but it it was different. And, and it was just geographic limitations. Yes. And I was, I thought to myself, you know, I, on, on mass transit, I could multitask in a car, not so easy to, you know, read and write while I drive and probably not optimal for other people on the yeah. 405. Yeah. But, but I thought how, if I'm having this problem, there has to be other people having this problem. And, and I didn't want to give up in-person performances because I mean, in person, there's a magic to being in person. We all learned that through mm -hmm. COVID, mm -hmm. right? Like Absolutely. being in person and having that inter interaction cannot be replaced. However, there is an opportunity online. And I thought, well, you know, what can connect me to my East Coast comedian friends while I'm here on the West Coast? How can I get some additional practice time so that I you know, the time I spend on the highway isn't for nothing, you know, like, how can I, you know, save some money on gas, <laughs> especially mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. How can I, how can I do that? And I thought, well, I'll use some existing technology. So back in 2019, before COVID happened, mm -hmm. I thought I'm going to, and before, when I first moved to California, I thought I'm going to do some Skype things, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> back when everybody was on Skype. And yeah. then I was like, no, nah, I don't know. It's Skype. But then I started using Zoom for, for my job. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do something on Zoom. So eventually I did in August of 2019. And I started hosting these online mics where we could give peer-to-peer -peer feedback and help each other. And it's a little bit more intimate and we can converse versus someone on the stage. And then people, you know, we don't, we wait till someone's off the stage mm -hmm, to give them mm -hmm. their feedback. But in this sense, it could become a little bit more intimate. So I started running these little feedback rooms with comedians. And after a month or two, they're like, why aren't you charging us for this? And I was like, whoa, I'm onto something because comedians yeah. don't want to pay for anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we do, but we do. And we pay for stage time. We pay for, you know, we barter for stage time. We have to do bringer shows, which means we have to bring five friends who are willing to pay a ticket price plus invest in two drinks. Mm. So, you know, and that and we get a minute of stage time for each person who, you know, drops a hundred bucks oh at the club. That yeah. And people don't realize, no, don't. like, I have you to know, say. you think, you think comedians, oh, you get paid. No, we don't. We get, we don't get paid. Occasionally someone will buy us a drink mm -hmm. or, or, uh, but we, we have to do a lot of work or we have to study at that, you know, take classes at that theater in order to even be considered for them to put us up and not pay us in one of their shows. Yeah, well, it's, it's so, called business development cost. And I think no, <laughs> yeah, no enterprise yeah. or business is exempt of it, no matter if you're right. a solopreneur or a big corporation. It's unfortunate that's the way the yes. cookie crumbles. Exactly. So that's what we do because we love what we do and we're willing to do it. So anyway, I, I started doing this thing online and people are like, why are you? And I was like, wow, if they're saying that, then there's value in it. How can I scale this? And I thought, huh, you know, 
And, you know, clearly I'm not in my thirties anymore. (laughs) So I was like, I've been doing this for, for a long time now, but I am now out of the business world. How do I scale this? So I invested in my education and I went back to school Mm -hmm. and I had always said to myself, when I turn 50, I want to kind of reevaluate where I am in life and consider going back to school. How cool would that be? Mm -hmm. And this was like, wow, this is kind of a great reason to. And I started looking uh, to see what was being offered at universities and everything to get my master's. And I was like, oh, an MBA. But I'm like, I really don't want to work for another company at this point. I want to build my my own business. And it happened that University of California, Irvine, had just launched Masters of Innovation and Entrepreneurship program. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this sounds exciting. Mm -hmm. Like this is right up my alley. And I had just missed their first year applying for that. So I applied and I got in, I got accepted in the first round and started school, going back to school. Awesome. Right after COVID started. (laughs) (laughs) So so I did get to campus a few times, which was really, really fun. Um, But then I went online and I did this amazing program where every single thing that we learned about, I'm actually using today. And I ended up immersing myself into a whole other network of entrepreneurs. There's a great entrepreneurial ecosystem at the university and resources and people, really, really good people. My professors were extremely supportive and helpful. I had a great mentor, great coach that came with the program. So anyway, I did that. And I went there with this idea of like, how do I scale something online for comedy? And then I got accepted. Once I graduated, I got accepted into an incubator program, which is Wayfinder at the Beale Center Mm -hmm. for innovation at UCI. And then from there, I met someone from the Long Beach Accelerator and uh, I applied to the Long Beach Accelerator, which came with my first investment round and from Sunstone Management, who's amazing um, to work with. And from there, I was able to build my team and start development on this platform so that I can connect comedians and solve some of those problems for people with geographical issues and and getting stage time so that we can become better at comedy and honing our skills. And of course, uh, so that when we get on stage, we're even better. Mm -hmm. And connecting comedy fans, because one thing we really learned during the pandemic is people are in need of laughs now more than ever. In fact, comedy is the second most popular live streamed genre only behind breaking news. So wow. go figure, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm so with I, you. Every time I see it, I'm <laughs> like, I need something light. I need something like everything, every show and everything you get, you get bombarded of darkness, you know, which is yes. it's good sometimes, but it cannot always be drugs, wars, you know, deception, all these things. So I, I think you're right. I think that's a great uh, niche to yeah. put out. Yeah. And, and so then it just turned out, that I ended up moving to Seattle. Uh, my partner's job was here and we relocated and it's absolutely beautiful. We love Seattle. And I ended up being accepted into WTIA. It's a Washington Technology Industry Association. They have an accelerator program, a founder's program. I'm in that with wonderful resources and really great people and other startups. So connecting out here and it's really exciting. Uh, it's kind of like a perfect time is because we're getting ready to launch the platform. And so plausible 
came about, I actually uh, came up with the name a, a year, just about a year ago. Cause I, so yeah, it was just about a year ago. And um, before I was just calling it an online open mic. Uh-huh. And then I was like, now I'm officially a company last October and plausible was born. I rebranded everything. So now we're going to be launching and the platform is a place where one, a comedian can create a profile. They can tell us what kind of comedy they do. They can create shows and produce shows online. So it's not Zoom. It's not existing technology. Zoom is great. It got us through so much in the past few years, but it's not, there, there's things that other things that we need as entertainers or performers that will help us better perform online. And so I'm building those to help people like comedians. And that's what's involved in this platform. So for instance, if you as a comedy fan log in, you get to create a free profile. You get to tell us what kind of comedy you like, right? Like, do you like clean comedy? Do you like moderate comedy, club comedy, blue, which is what is referred to as dirty comedy, you know, because everybody has their preferences. And then you can tell us what relate, like, do you like comedians who talk about relationships or situational comedy or, uh, you know, about religion or politics or whatever topics it may be, right? Once you tell us that, then just kind of like Netflix, we'll populate your recommendations page. Mm -hmm. And then you can go through and pick the comedians you want to follow. And when those comedians schedule shows online, it'll notify you. And then you RSVP and you actually see it live. So instead of going to your social media feed and watching like clips of pre-recorded content that you're not there, this will be different in the sense it will be completely live. So when you log in, they can see you, you can see them, you can see the other audience members and hear laughter and engage in real time. But... Right now, if you go to a comedy club, you can review the comedy club, but you can't review the comedian. Mm. Here, you can review the comedian. It can become collaborative. You can be like, hey, I really like that one joke. Or, hey, I I noticed you talked about this. Have you considered this? And it can become collaborative where you can see the comedian's growth and watch them get better as you see more and more shows by them. And then you, as a comedy fan, have more control and insight over what you say and what you watch because you get to choose. And you have a much wider variety than you might at your local, you know, where you are geographically and maybe limited to, you know, who's passing through town at any given weekend. Wow, that's I think it's impressive. And I I, I love the idea. People that know me, I'm a I'm a techie and, and you know, but I, and of course, uh, we hear a lot of ideas all the time and some of them good, but I think your idea is great. <laughs> I mean, the Thank fact you. that you were um, on Zoom, utilizing Zoom as we do now, because again, as somebody in telecom, I've always said the technology has been there for a long time, ready for us to embrace it. But it takes a dramatic event to embrace yeah. what's there already and uh, kind of what we were talking before about being laid off, it's just like the technology has been there waiting for a long time and there's so much more that's been waiting for us and we just get there bit by bit. So the fact that you embrace it before and now you built and have taken that time to build something um, like this for a community that certainly is vital, it's a vital to say everybody needs laughs. I think it's just brilliant. I, I think it's going to do very well. And when do you think, when's the launch date that you have estimated? So the launch date is estimated in November of this year. And the 
this version that's being launched uh, this fall will be the freemium version. So fans can log in and create an account for free and watch comedy for free. Comedians can come in and create a profile and set up and produce shows for free. And then in the coming months, we'll be releasing new features and there'll be memberships available or for fans that would prefer not to have a membership, but when special events come up, they can do a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And Great. so we'll be we'll be doing uh, those kind of opportunities. But I really felt it was important to lower the barrier to entry and um, have a freemium version so that everybody, I mean, there. I, I don't know of anybody who can't use a little bit of joy and laughter Absolutely. in their life. And, and you're creating content that it's going to, I mean, you are creating the value. And I think that even if you launch it as that, and I see as, a, as an entrepreneur, you everybody's at the end of the day is going to say where the money's going to come from because you're doing for the greater good, I'm pretty sure that that's going to pan out on the business model. And and you're you definitely, you know, that's people, when, when Netflix came around, I remember I was, yeah. you know, I subscribed to the CD and I enjoyed so much getting my CDs on the mail. Uh, and people were like, why would that, you know, even work? And, <laughs> right, and I, mean, I remember that. Everything has been disrupted and we don't do anything anymore the way we used to. And the way we're watching TV, like you are creating basically a comedy central type station uh, where right. people can tune in and get and get their comedy fixed. So I think it's a fantastic idea and I, I, I'm pretty sure you're going to do great. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited. I feel like, oh, you know, in the past few years, I probably watched more TV <laughs> than I ever have in my entire yeah. lifetime. I like, it's not like, I, you know, I watched an entire, you know, 17 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> oh, wow. so, like, um, but, you know, it, that's passive, you know, but what I really felt when we laugh together, you know, they've done studies, people People laugh more when they're laughing with other people. Mm. And when it comes to comedy, I think making it active versus passive brings so much more value for each one of us in life. And, and, you know, there's healing qualities to laughter. And I think that the world just needs, we could all just use a little bit more of that. I love it. So Leanne, as we reach the end of the interview, I also always uh, like to ask about, you know, what keeps you connected to your essence? I mean, for in all our conversation, I can tell you, you are an intuitive person and you have kept following those intuitive hits of do this, do that. So that's already inspirational to me, at least. When things get tough, what do you like to do? How do you, besides comedy, I'm sure like laughing and all that, is there anything else that uh, you connect to, to resource yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say wine. Uh, well, that, <laughs> no. No. I'm with you, sister. <laughs> I, I, that always connects me too. <laughs> um, actually, uh, actually, I I enjoy. I just know, like, especially lately, running, mm-hmm. getting outside, stepping outside, really helps. I don't know. It just stepping outside, taking some breaks. I know sometimes when I get really busy and I get really involved in things, sometimes it's more productive for me to step away than it is to, I I don't believe in pushing through. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think it's a sign when I'm met with some resistance to kind of step back and reevaluate and, and get creative. Yeah. I, I really find connecting, going outside, taking a walk, going for a run, calling a friend, 
doing something completely different. And, and I don't know about you, but spending so much time in front of the computer is wonderful. But, you know, even, even though my platform is part of that, I think that taking a break and stepping away just makes it so much more refreshing when we return. And that's where our inspiration comes through is just living life is, is, is paying attention to the little things each day and enjoying those and soaking them in. Mm, so good. So much wisdom in, in, in that closing statement. And I'm with you. I think sometimes we need to disconnect to reconnect. And, and that's very, very important and being mindful of that. So Leanne, I really wish you all the best. I'm going to share on the show notes the platform info and where people can go check out, uh, you know, plausible, but uh, I'm pretty sure we've been laughing with you and all your comedians very, very soon because it's a great initiative. Thank you so much for being part of Back to Basics. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe Rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.